welcome to the Get to the Point podcast, a podcast for busy women who want to have real conversations about fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle, but without rambling or wasting time. Let's get to the point. Hey, welcome to episode 10 of the Get to the Point podcast. This is your host, Leslie Ann. I'm a little excited about making it to episode 10. Uh, didn't, didn't know I would make it this far, but here we go. This thing has been pretty fun so far. Thanks to everyone who is listening on a regular basis, who's written a review and given the podcast a rating. I really appreciate you. And if you haven't done that already, I would love if you go to iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and give a review or a rating for Get to the Point podcast. The topic of today's podcast is going to be a little different than what we've talked about thus far. I've really just been focused on nutrition, training, lifestyle content, but because of the fact that a lot of the women in my community are fitness professionals, you might not know that, but I do work with a lot of women who are either group fitness instructors and or personal trainers, I get one question all the time, over and over and over again, probably on a weekly basis. I get an Instagram message or a Facebook message or an email from a woman who wants to know, how did you get started? How did you start your fitness career? And how did you decide to go online and start an online business? So that's what I'm going to talk about in this podcast episode. And then at the end, I'm going to share with you three qualities that I think are really important if you're someone who wants to take your fitness business online. So first, let me just start out by saying I did not set out in life to either have an online business or work in the fitness industry. I went to college for political science and I moved to the Washington, D.C. area my um, the summer before my senior year of college for an internship. And it was the best summer of my life. And I loved the D.C. area. I loved politics so much that I decided to stay. So I didn't go back for my senior year. I transferred to a college in Northern Virginia, and I got started working full-time right away. Um, It was the summer of the 2000 presidential election, so there was a lot of exciting things happening. It was like the place to be for politics. Like The national news was pretty much what was happening in my everyday life with um, the the campaign between Al Gore and George W. Bush, which is really exciting. So that's what got me to the D.C. area where I spent about 12 years. Um, I didn't expect to stay there that long, but I did um, because I I had a a career in politics and public policy. But after doing that for a while, for a few years, um, something something kind of started to percolate in my brain. Um, This thought that maybe this isn't what I'm supposed to do. I bounced around a lot. I did a lot of different things, which is normal in D.C. People change jobs a lot because of the election cycle. And it's just a very transient city. People move in, they move out, they change jobs, they move up, they, you know, they shift around a lot. So that was pretty normal. But through all of this moving around and trying different things, both on the political side and the public policy side, I never really found my thing. I had great jobs. I had really great opportunities. I was working for um, a nonprofit, and then I was able to transition into um, a role as a political appointee, working for one of the cabinet secretaries for the Secretary of Labor, working in her front office for her chief of staff and chief legal counsel. From there, I went on to be a lobbyist, um, and then I did some work on the campaign side, working for a media buying firm and a polling firm. Really amazing opportunities, and I felt like something was wrong with me because. I had all these great opportunities, but I didn't really feel like I belonged. I never saw something that looked like 
okay, this is my career path. This is what I want to learn about and really dig into and do for a significant amount of time. In the background, while I was doing this political career, I found group fitness classes. There was a crusty old gold gym behind my office building in the first job that I ever had in, in, in the D.C. area. And everybody in my office went. So I was like, OK, I'll get a membership. I'll go. And I started working out before work, after work, um, weekends, you know, just because everyone else was doing it and I didn't have anything else to do. And I loved it. I had never been consistent with exercise or fitness before in my life. I was not an athlete in school. I was like, honestly, the last girl around the track. I was really not fit or strong growing up. It was not my thing. So finding group fitness classes was was kind of cool because I could work out for an hour and not be looking at the clock the entire time. Um, I started to notice that my body was getting stronger and I had never felt that before. Feeling strong started to carry over into my personality outside the gym. Like I started to have more confidence and maybe stand up a little straighter and speak up a little more. And um, I'm just a naturally kind of quiet, introverted person. So finding that strength in the gym, in classes, really started to spill over into my everyday life. So fast forward, one thing leads to another. And I start to really love this fitness thing to the point where I asked my favorite instructor if she thought that I could do what she was doing. Like, do you think I have what it takes to, to be a group fitness instructor? Is it hard? Like, what it, what is involved? And she told me to go for it. So in January of 2007, I attended my first group fitness instructor training through a company called Les Mills. And it was their training for body pump, which is a strength training class using a barbell and plates and body weight. And I started teaching classes at the gym part-time. My little side gig, side hustle, as they call it, um, teaching group fitness classes started to become the highlight of my day. Like I would sit at my desk and literally just like, okay, when is it five o'clock? When can I leave? When can I leave? Um, you know, I would bring my clothes with me so I could go right to the gym and teach. I didn't want to waste any time. Um, it was just my happy place. It was my favorite place to be. And I felt like the people at the gym were my people, whereas I had always felt kind of out of place in politics. I hated going to events. I didn't really go out and socialize much. I just, again, quiet, introverted, my least favorite place to be was a happy hour or a social event where I had to network and talk to people. But at the gym, oh, I mean, those were my people. We could talk before class, after class, go out to dinner afterwards. Like I just felt like this whole little side gig part of my life was becoming a much bigger part of my life. And one certification led to another. You know where this story is going. Um, I, I decided to get a personal training certification because I wanted to learn even more about fitness and have another certification under my belt. Um, I started to kind of lay the groundwork for a career change. This started happening around 2010, 2011, when I just realized I couldn't fake my way through another political job interview to save my life. I was just over it. So I started using the income from my full-time job to pay off bills, get my savings built up, and start investing in more education and certifications so that I had more options going into the fitness industry. Because I knew I couldn't just teach classes. Really bad idea. You physically can't do that. You don't make that much. And even if you teach all day long, you're still not going to make enough to pay your bills. So that was something that was really important to me was having a lot of options and having several irons in the fire in terms of how I could have an income. 
in 2011, I finally made the jump. I made the break. I quit my last political job and started working full-time in the fitness industry. Um, I was able to kind of smash together uh, three-ish different jobs. I was a group fitness manager. I was personal training. And I was also teaching classes. Along the same time, I was also moving along my path as an instructor with Les Mills. I had gone to their advanced instructor trainings. I got elite instructor status, and I was invited to attend a trainer boot camp in January of 2012 in Woodstock, Georgia. So I went to that, and out of the 30 or so people there, 26 of us were selected and became the new rookie trainers. And it was really exciting. It was um, life-changing, honestly. I knew that my life would change by taking on this job as a trainer because my weekends would now be spent traveling all over the all over the U.S., mostly the East Coast, but um, it, it was a big shift for me. I went home that weekend after I found out I was going to become a trainer for Les Mills. I got out of my relationship. I moved into a new house. Um, it was just kind of a pivotal time in my life. I had now made a complete career change. I had gotten out of a relationship that was not serving me, that was not good for me. And I didn't know this, but at the time I had also met the man who would eventually become my husband. He was also at trainer boot camp in Woodstock, Georgia. So we were just friends at this time. Um, but we actually did start dating shortly after uh, that weekend at trainer boot camp, we just we hit it off. We stayed in touch, and we were like, "Yeah, something's up here. Like we we have like a connection, and let's do this." So here was my life. Now I was out of politics. I was in fitness. I was spending my day Monday through Friday working in the gym as a manager, trainer, and instructor. And then on the weekends, I was going out and shadowing body pump trainings. I was um, they would have us kind of apprentice or team teach at these trainings and work with other trainers to kind of get the experience we needed to go out on our own. And that was it. I was working seven days a week. And I, again, I had like multiple jobs. I loved them all, but I had a feeling that this was not something that I could sustain forever. Um, the pace of it, the just the exhaustion of it. Um, I mean, I would go home every day for lunch because the gym is very quiet midday. That's when every all the trainers go home and have like trainer nap time. We, we go home, we shower, we eat, we sleep, and we come back and work again for the, the full evening shift when the, the gym traffic increases. So, and then the weekends I was, you know, out the door, out on trainings on the weekends. So thankfully... Through my connections in the fitness career and in the fitness industry, sorry, and um, you know some of the certifications that I got, I had found out that there was this woman named Jill Coleman who was affiliated with Metabolic Effect, who I had done my nutrition certifications with, and she was in this exact same position. She was also someone who was working in the fitness industry. She was doing a little bit of like management work. She was personal training. She was teaching classes, and when she shared her story, I was like yes, that is my life. Like running over here to teach a class and then, oh, um, you know, run home, change, eat, go back to the gym. You got to train clients and then run over here. You got to teach another class. That was my life. It was the fitness hustle. It was the fitness grind and it is very unsustainable. A lot of people do it. You can do it when you're in your twenties for a couple months or a couple years, but you're going to burn out. It's not sustainable. And the other part is that you don't have a lot of growth and income potential because you are essentially trading your time for money. Your physical presence is required for you to make an income at this point. 
And there are only so many hours in a day. There's only so many people you can train in a day and so many classes you can teach in a day. So you do the math. It gets really hard to advance your career and increase your income when you're just teaching classes, training clients, and working in a gym. So Jill was starting something that she called the Best of You Coaching Club, and she was going to take a small group of female fitness professionals and teach them how to take their businesses online. At this time, I had zero interest in working online. I didn't even really know what that meant. I just knew that I could identify with Jill in terms of the fitness hustle. I knew it was unsustainable, and I knew that if I was going to do these these jobs well, I had to have a better system and I needed some help. So my focus was just, hey, help me create systems. Help me get my priorities in order. Help me, um, you know, get organized so that I don't burn out and that I'm working smarter, not harder. But eventually I did go ahead and set up an online business because I realized that she was right. Um, I had kind of created my own style and my own niche at the gym. I was just working with women. I told my fellow trainers like, hey, if you have a female who is in her 20s, 30s, or early 40s and she wants to get lean and she wants short, intense workouts, I'm the trainer for her. I don't want to work with men. I don't want to work with people who are, um, you know, who are recovering from injuries or training for marathons or who are, you know, in their 60s. Like, those are not my people. These are my people. And so I had kind of a niche and I knew that my style and what I was doing, how I was combining nutrition with this style of training, I knew that it was working. So I started to put my content online. I already had a food blog. So having a blog and writing and taking pictures, like that was already something I was doing just for fun because I don't know, I just liked it. Um, and, And I basically just took the idea of a blog or a website and stopped just posting recipes and posting about food and started posting content that was actually helpful to my target audience, which was, you know, these women who are in their mid-20s to mid-40s who just want to get lean. They want to you know, see the shape of their body change. They want to feel better and have more energy. That was my target audience. And so I just started writing for them. And eventually, I ended up leaving the D.C. area because that guy that I met at Body Pump um, Trainer Boot Camp, uh, well, he became my fiance, and I ended up moving to Buffalo, New York with him for a few months while he finalized job offers and kind of, um, you know, we got our next steps as a couple sorted out, and that took us to Greensboro, North Carolina. Throughout this time, I was online working and creating training programs, nutrition programs for clients long distance. They weren't very good. I probably charged $25 for some of the programs that I was doing. I I was just starting out. Being online was not a thing that people did back in 2013, 2012. Um, so I got a lot of strange looks from people. And there weren't a lot of resources out there. It was a lot of figuring things out on your own and making things that didn't exist and just being really creative and finding a way to get the information that people needed to them in whatever way you could. It was so different from how it is now um, where there are these amazing tools online for people that are entrepreneurs and people that have online training businesses. None of that existed. So um, I really kind of got in at the ground level of online business. And I'm really thankful for that because I've been able to see and experience a lot. And so just know that if you're thinking about making this move, 
things are a lot easier now than they used to be. And uh, it's going to be much easier from a logistical standpoint to deliver content online. But that's it. That's how I got started. It wasn't something I planned to do. It was something that just grew out of a need to streamline my life and um, get my career to a place where I wasn't killing myself working seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. with, you know, a break in between to sleep and eat. Um, I couldn't sustain that. So that's why I took my business online. And it wasn't something that I, I wanted to do to become famous or to become a millionaire. It was like, this is the next logical step for me because I have something that works. I have a lot of people that want to work with me. Once I left DC, people still wanted to work with me. They're like, well, write my workouts, send me recipes. I don't care if you're not here. I'll, I'll still do your stuff. Just send it to me via email. So it really just became a way for me to help more people. It was like scaling my, my services that I was offering in person. So that is how I started. Um, it's very different from how people start now. People now, they, they don't even have fitness experience and all they see is, you know, what looks really shiny and pretty and popular online and think, oh, I want to do that. How, I do, how do I do that? And I, I think that there are probably a lot of people working, I know, there are a lot of people now working online in the fitness, nutrition, wellness space who probably got into it for the wrong reasons and, and don't actually have any real world experience working with people, writing training programs, um, you know, seeing people in the gym and taking them through a workout, giving them feedback, adjusting their technique. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's really kind of become the wild, wild west, which is unfortunate in a lot of ways. But on the flip side of that, it's also really cool if you do know what you're doing and you do have the certifications and expertise to back up what you're going to put online, you can actually help a lot of people. And I think that's, that's what drives me and that's what motivates me every day when I get up is knowing that I'm making a difference in people's lives and that I can help so many more people now because I'm online than I could ever help when I was just working in a gym, seeing client one at, you know, seeing clients one at a time or teaching classes of 30 to 40 people. Um, you can just have so much more of an impact online. So if you are someone who is thinking about making this transition, maybe you're listening to this and you're like, yes, that's me. I'm teaching classes and I'm training clients and I really love this stuff, but I know I can't keep this up forever. If I'm going to make this successful, I have to find a way to work with more people and not trade my time for money. These are three qualities that I think are really important. I would almost say like you have to have them if you're going to make it in the world of online business today. And this is just my opinion. There might be other people listening to this who would disagree, but this has been my experience as someone that's been working online since 2012 and has seen the trends come and go and um, just been able to kind of ride the wave and, and stay relevant and successful to the point where this is now my full-time income and um, I'm able to support myself and, and to an extent my family, my husband also, um, you know, based on the income from my online business. Um, you don't need a million followers or, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of people following what you do to be very successful and make a really um, nice living um, to where you're comfortable and you have everything you need from working online and doing a really good job. So um, if that's something that freaks you out, like, well, I don't have thousands of millions of followers, how am I ever going to help anyone? 
that's not an issue. It's more about the quality that you put out, the connections you make, the relationships you make, and how you leverage those. And also the value and the service that you provide to people. Like if you are actually delivering on what you say you're going to do and providing people with a service that they need, then I truly think the sky is the limit. Um, but if you're just somebody who's out there to make a quick buck and you're a shyster and you're you're looking to scam people and you're you're not playing the game with integrity and honesty, then you're going to flame out and the sooner the better, in my opinion. <laughs> we don't need anybody else. We don't need more people like that in the online fitness and nutrition and wellness space. Three qualities that I think are really important if you're going to make this move. First of all, you have to be flexible. If you are somebody who likes things to be very predictable, you like to have a steady paycheck, you like to have, you know, you know exactly when a certain amount of money is coming in and you just like things to be very predictable and very structured and very rigid, you are not going to enjoy being an online entrepreneur because it is very flexible. Like there are some months when you're going to make a ton of money and there are some months when you will not. There are some times when you will create a program and you'll put it out there and think it's going to be the most successful thing and no one will buy it. So you have to understand that nothing is a given. There's a lot of risk and you have to be flexible. You have to have the ability to pivot. If something comes at you that you're not expecting, what are you going to do? Well, what I have to do is, okay, that didn't work. I'm going to pivot. I'm going to make some adjustments and I'm going to try this way instead. So, you know, it's, it's never being locked into things having to be one way, always being open to change, being open to figuring things out when they don't work the way you think they will. Flexibility is a really important skill to have. And with that, I think kind of goes hand in hand. Number two, a really important quality is creativity. And I don't mean like the ability to like you know, paint pretty pictures and, and like have a pretty Instagram feed. I don't mean like visually creative, artistically creative. I mean the ability to think creatively and to be resourceful. When I was starting out as an online entrepreneur, there was a lot that we all had to figure out on our own. There was nobody out there doing these things. We had to figure it out. And that's always going to be the case. Like there's always going to be stuff that's a part of this business that you're like, uh, I don't know how to do that. Help. <laughs> and guess what? You have to figure it out. And one of the best quotes that probably has gotten me through more days than I can count is a great quote from Marie Forleo, which is everything is figure outable. And that attitude, that mindset is probably the thing that has kept me going this long. Because there were days when I would, I would come up against a, a, a brick wall and, oh, oh, shoot, well, now I'm stuck. What do I do now? You know what? I'm going to figure it out. There is more than one way to skin a cat. And sure enough, whatever your problem is, whatever you're stuck on, I guarantee you there is somebody who has done a YouTube tutorial video or an Instagram TV or a blog post where they're spelling out how to fix, how to do the thing that you are trying to do for free. The internet's crazy like that now. It really is. It's stunning the amount of free education and free tutorials and free resources that are online for the people who are willing to roll up their sleeves and go find them. 
So that is a huge skill. You've got to be resourceful. You got to be quick on your feet. You got to be creative. And if there is something that you need to create or build because it doesn't exist, you have to be willing to do that. Like if you have this this gaping hole here, okay, here's what my clients want. Here's what they need. Here's what I currently have. How do I bridge that gap? Oh, I have to build the thing. Yep. That's what it is. It is learning how to solve problems for people that they cannot solve on their own or that you can solve for them quicker, faster, easier, etc. Because for most people, they have a full-time job learning about fitness and nutrition and how to eat and how to train. Like they don't have time for that. They don't have the capacity to figure this stuff out. So This stuff that we take for granted, like we eat, sleep, drink, and breathe it. Like, oh, here's how many grams of protein you should eat. Oh, here's how you should do that workout. Oh, here's how, like, we just know this stuff. We take it for granted, but people don't know. So you have to create the solution. You have to get creative and get resourceful and figure out how do I get this information to the people that want it and need it from me in a way that they can understand it and digest it and access it. And whatever that takes, whatever that looks like, you have to figure out. There's no one coming to do it for you. So that's, that's where the resourcefulness and the creativity comes in. It's just having the ability to see something that doesn't exist and make it happen. It's frightening, but it's so cool when it happens and it works. The third quality that I think is really important to have if you're going to be an online um, trainer or, or fitness nutrition professional is... You got to be tough, like no brainer. You have to be tough. And I, that means a lot of different things. You have to have a thick skin because people on the internet say stupid, mean, awful, nasty things to other people that they don't even know. So if you get a comment or a message and it's not very nice, is that going to shut you down or are you going to shake it off? You're going to use it as fuel to move forward and, and do your job even better. What happens when, like I said, you created this thing and you poured all your heart into it and nobody wants it? What, are you going to cry about it? Or are you going to get up and fix it and sell it again? So you got to just be able to take the hits, whatever that looks like, whether it's you know people not responding to your stuff or people not liking your stuff, people not buying your stuff, like whatever it is, you have to have the ability to just be like, okay, that was not my favorite thing. But this is feedback. I can use this. The fact that people didn't like it or didn't want it or it, it didn't have as much of an impact as I thought it would, I can use that to make it better. So toughness is the ability, I think, to take difficult feedback and take things that most people would, would let shut them down and use it. Use it as fuel. Um, you know, anytime somebody says something like, you're never going to make it. You can't make money in fitness. That, that just inspired me to do it, to prove them wrong. Um, you've got to have grit and resilience and the ability to just keep on trucking, even on the days when like people aren't overwhelming you with comments and likes and you know, you're not seeing the, the registration emails come pouring in. You have to believe in what you're doing so much that you're going to keep doing it until people show up. All right, you're going to keep perfecting it and tweaking it until people show up. Um, I think one of the words that people thought I was going to, people think I'm going to say here is passion. 
I don't think so. I don't think passion is one of the most important things that you need to be a fitness pro or to be an online fitness pro. I think passion is one of the most under, I'm sorry, passion is one of the most overrated words in the fitness industry. Everyone has passion. I, I've met thousands of instructors who are, I have so much passion for teaching classes. Okay, cool. And like passion, that's great. I'm happy that you found something you love, but that doesn't mean you have a business. Loving something doesn't mean it's a business or it's a service. It's not something that solves problems for people that they're willing to invest in. So you can have all the passion that you want, but that doesn't mean people are going to just sign up for you because you, oh, you have so much passion. If you are not speaking directly to them in a way that cuts through the noise and solves their problems and gets them to where they want to be, that gives them a transformation of some kind, it doesn't matter how passionate you are. I think it matters more how tough you are, how resilient you are to dig your heels in and stay there and keep working until you figure that thing out. I'm sure you've seen that diagram of like the three interlocking circles where it's, um, you know, one circle is your passion, one circle is the things that you're good at, and one circle is the things that people want, the things that people will buy. Only when you have an intersection of those three things do you have a viable business option. Just having passion or just being good at something, those two circles, those two things on their own, that is not a reason to throw up a shingle and start a business. You have to have a service or a product that's going to make people's lives better. And it has to be something that you are invested in and know a lot about and are good at. Okay, so that's it. Those are my three top qualities I think you need if you're going to play in this space and you're going to make it. You got to be flexible and be able to adapt to the landscape because P.S. it changes every freaking day. Welcome to social media. It's every day is different. Um, number two, you have to be extremely creative and resourceful and have the ability to see things that don't exist and go build them. Number three, you have to be tough. You can have all the passion in the world, but until you have the toughness and the resilience to um, you know, just stay in the game long enough to get good at what you do and um, to have a platform that people can look at and say, oh, this person is an expert. This person can help me. This person understands me and has a way to help me. And I see what that is. Then, you know, passion doesn't really matter. It's all about having that grit and that toughness and that resilience to stay in the game, even on the days when no one's showing up. So yes, this is wildly off topic from what we've talked about so far on Get to the Point. But it is also something that I get asked about on a near daily basis. So I wanted to create something, a podcast, a blog post, a video, something that I could direct people to where they could just hear my story of how I got started, um, why I got started, and also what I think you need to get started. So if this episode was helpful to you, please hit the reviews, hit the ratings, and let me know what you think. And if you have more questions or more topics you'd like for me to cover on the podcast, feel free to shoot me an email or reach out on social media. I'm in my DMs on Instagram all day long. Thanks for listening.
Hey, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Get to the Point podcast. If you have a topic that you want me to cover, shoot me an email or reach out to me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Leslie and Quillen, and I'm in my Instagram stories and DMs all day long. I would love to hear from you. Get to the Point podcast is for women like you who want quality content on fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle, but who don't have an hour to listen to a rambling podcast that never gets to the point. So I appreciate you for being here, and I would love to cover the topics that you care about. So let me know. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks.